Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. If you really want to improve as a leader, I've got a great deal for you. Simply go to mojouniversity.com and sign up for our two-week trial. Take any of my courses. I promise you, you're going to get better. You're going to learn. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up totally for free and try us out for two weeks. Welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell and I am so thrilled today to introduce you to Dr. Donna Hicks. Now, Dr. Hicks is uh, an associate at Weatherhead Center for International Affairs at Harvard University. She is a leading expert on the subject of dignity, uh, one that we have not covered here on Manager Mojo and I'm really excited about getting to talk about it. Uh, and uh, Donna is the author of Leading with Dignity, How to Create a Culture that Brings Out the Best in People. And we here at Manager Mojo are all about that, Donna. So uh, Donna is located uh, in Cambridge, and she's joining us uh, today from there. Donna, welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. Well, we're happy to, uh, to have you and can't wait to talk about our subject. But uh, before we begin, why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? Outside of work? Well, I, I like uh, moving around outside of work. I like traveling. And my uh, husband and I just got back from a, a nice long weekend in Maine where we have a, a, little, um, a little apartment kind of uh, set up. Um, right on the coast of Maine, so we have the, this great view of the water. And we went up there this weekend to organize everything and set it all, set our new, because it's a new place. And mm. so it was so much fun just decorating and, you know, figuring out where to hang the pictures and <laughs> sitting there looking out over this beautiful view of, uh, of, of the water. And we couldn't have been happier. Well, it, it, that's awesome. It sounds like such a fun thing to do. And uh, I have to say that this uh, very year uh, in the fall, uh, for the first time, I managed, got to go to Bar Harbor, Maine uh, with my wife and enjoyed uh, the experience so much. What a beautiful area. Maine is just gorgeous. And, it is. Uh, you can't beat the lobster, can you? Oh my gosh! Lobster and crab—those are the two things that we only eat up in Maine. So, and and I mean the Acadia National Park. You were if you were in Bar Harbor, you must have gone there. I did. It was gorgeous. It, it's spectacular. Really, Every, everybody should come and visit. Oh, I totally agree. It's. Uh, it, I'm certainly glad that I had the opportunity, and I highly recommend it. So, thanks for sharing that with us today. We appreciate it very much. 
Uh, let's turn to our topic today, leading with dignity. Now, I, I just, I love the whole conversation and I love the book. I think you've done a great job in it and I wanna set it up properly for our listeners. And that is, if you don't mind, how do you define dignity? What is dignity? What is dignity? Well, I answer that question about 10 times a day. People <laughs> ask me that same question. Because, you know, it really is a kind of elusive concept. And it is. It, I mean, people have a kind of gut feeling about it. When, when I use the word, they say, oh, yeah, that's so important. And then I say to them, well, tell me what you think it is. Tell me, you know, and people just sort of look at me, you know, and tilt their heads back and forth. Well, I don't know exactly. Why don't you tell me? So, but it really, that's the way it goes. And, um, and, and this is it's kind of a sad statement because dignity is, is, is something so important to each and every one of us, yet very few people have a working definition like you, you asked, and very few people really know what it looks like on a daily basis. So my very simple definition, um, Steve, is that dignity is our inherent value and worth. Everybody was born with inherent value and worth. And, you know, I, when I give talks about this, I usually show a, a slide of a little infant baby, a newborn, and say, look, take a look at this. Is there any question that this little one was born with inherent value and worth? And in fact, I think we would say not only does, does she or he have inherent value, I think they're invaluable, uh, priceless, and irreplaceable. So dignity is something so very fundamental to each and every one of us. And just knowing, just knowing that we each, each, each of us has this inherent worth is, is such a, um, a gift because I'm telling you, Steve, even though it seems so obvious, most people don't even know they have this inherent value and worth. Well, they actually get confused True. about it. They begin to feel yep. worthless, and they begin to tie their own uh, value uh, to other people's opinion and exactly. other people's input. And nothing could be further from the truth. And uh, I, I think I think it would be um, oh, maybe a tremendous understatement, but I would just say that any uh, manager, any leader. Uh, that does not understand the inherent value in other human beings has almost no chance of being successful today. Would oh, you agree I with that? I agree with you more. I, that, that, let's just underline that about you know, 10 times because it, it's so clear that when you're in a leadership position um, and you know, let's say you've got a bunch of direct reports, you're a manager, you've got 10 or 15 direct reports, and they want to do right by you, right? They want to deliver what it is you want. At the same time, they're watching your every move. They're watching your every move. And if you mistreat them, I mean, if you, you know, even unknowingly violate their dignity and, you know, treat them as if they weren't something of value and worth, well, that relationship breaks down in a, in a nanosecond. And the, the first thing to go there. Um, in that relationship is trust. Right. And you know as well as I do, Steve, that the first thing that a good leader or a good manager has to, um, has to earn with his or her people is trust. Without question. I, I not, uh, listeners uh, to our show 
understand that when we talk about mojo, I mean, we're, we're really talking about that magic power of trust and relationship with others. And it's, it's something that you have to, to actually create intentionally. Now, one of the things that I think so many leaders get confused about and uh, is the, the concept of respect. They will confuse dignity and respect and they think, well, if they respect me, that's what I'm really doing. But it, dignity and respect is different. How do you describe the difference between respect and dignity? I think it's, it is different. And, you know, it's funny because if you hear people talk about dignity, you know, you listen on the news or on the radio or whatever, people will say dignity and respect as if it's one word. They do. You know, they don't even separate it. But for me, dignity is something, like I said, it's something that each and every one of us is born with. It's part of our humanity. It's one of the core defining characteristics of what it means to be human. Now, respect, on the other hand, I really believe respect has to be earned. So even though each and every one of us is born with dignity, and we do deserve to be treated with dignity, um, but respect is something, I want to say, if I have a manager or if I have a, a leader of some kind that does something extraordinary, really treats his people well, she really goes that extra mile to make people feel valued, then, you know, that I can say as her, as her direct report, I really respect her for the way she treats her people, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but that's, that's it. If you can't just say, oh, I, I demand respect if you're a leader. No, you can say, I want to be treated with dignity. That's okay. Because everybody, no matter what, where you are in that hierarchy, it deserves to be treated with dignity. But respect, you know, yeah, it's something, it's like trust. It has to be earned. I, I just love that. And, you know, when I, I think of respect, I'm, uh, the late great Aretha Franklin, uh, her song, Respect, uh, I mean, it's so catchy. And I think that sometimes uh, from a societal standpoint, uh, we think that even in our relationships, that's what we were trying to go for. But we need to go deeper. If you don't truly uh, treat the, the your spouse or your significant other with dignity first, the respect uh, is already undermined. It, it just can't be created. Is, is that a fair statement or am oh, I just I, off base? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, the, the first, I mean, my husband and I, we're like a living laboratory with this dignity stuff. We're practicing it all the time. I mean, we have our good days and our bad days, but but, I mean, just knowing, having a, um, the consciousness, having the awareness that, you know, we're all vulnerable, because that's the other part of the definition of dignity, too, is that we're inherently vulnerable to having that dignity um, hurt, injured, uh, assaulted. You know, we are fragile beings, we humans. And if we, you know, in, especially in intimate relationships, we seem to get a little bit sloppy sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. We but we'll do. say something to our spouse or our partner um, that we would never say to anybody, even our, even our close friends. So we have the consciousness of dignity is so critical to intimate relationships with our families, with our kids, you know, with our, as you said, I mean, with everyone, but even more so with our uh, close um, our close partners and, and spouses. Uh, so true, and, and thank you for sharing that. 
Uh, you know, I was, I'm thinking about the book and in particular one one area that you talked about that I think uh, will whet our re- listeners' appetite and make them want to go buy the book is that uh, you you talk about uh, you develop your 10 temptations to violate dignity. 10 ways, I'm quoting directly from the book, it says, 10 ways in which our evolutionary legacy sets us up to violate our own dignity and the dignity of others. Now, the thing that I love about this is that you didn't just tell us what they are. You also told us how to overcome it. And that's what makes uh, your book so special is that it's not just a theoretical, hey, here's here's what you're doing. It's also practical. Here's some things that you can do. And I'm curious, if you don't mind, would you treat us to maybe two or three of those, uh, those common things that we do, not all 10, but two or three, and, sure. and just kind of whet our appetite for that a minute, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's one that's um, pretty predominant, and everybody will know. And what I mean by this evolutionary legacy, what I mean by that is that we have instincts inside our that are in our brains that, wa- that wire us, that trigger us, when under circumstances of threat, when somebody comes at us, what happens is all of a sudden these instincts kick in. This is just part of what it means to be a human being. And so, for example, one of the things that we do in order to, you know, say, in order to, to preserve ourselves, in order to maintain our, you know, our good, the, uh, looking good in the eyes of others, is when we make a mistake and we really mess up, you, the first thing we usually do is to try to cover it up. We um, human beings do this all the time, and you see this every single day in the, you know, with our public figures. You see this happening. Instead of coming clean and saying, "Gee, you know what? I really did make a mistake. I did have a, you know, I had a bad day yesterday, and I I want to say to you all, you know." I, I really messed up, and I'm sorry, and I'm going to change my behavior. So face-saving, this impulse to save face so that you don't look bad in the eyes of others is so powerful in us, and it takes a tremendous amount of strength to overcome that and to just look at the person or the people you know, or say to the public, you know, I, I really did mess up, and I'm sorry. And I use Lance Armstrong as a sort of a neutral figure here because we could, we could call on several uh, in the public domain, but let's just think about what Lance Armstrong did, the guy who won the Tour de France so many uh, times and was accused of using uh, performance-enhancing drugs, and he denied it, he tried to cover it up, he lied about it, but you know what happens eventually, Steve, as you well know, eventually these, these, these people get exposed, the truth comes out, and they look bad, you know, then they really look bad. Had they... Had they kind of held that instinct in abeyance and instead took a deep breath and say, yeah, you know what, I really, did, I really did make a mistake and I'm so sorry for it. That is what a good leader should be doing. That is what makes people, you know, look good in the eyes of others. And, it, and you know, some people say, oh, well, you're asking people to be very vulnerable by admitting that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? It takes strength to be vulnerable. Uh, it it sure does. Right? The weak response is to follow that face-saving. Totally. So you want me to go for another one? I I do, and I've got a favorite one that I want you to talk about. So I'm going to ask for my favorite. My favorite is about avoiding confrontation. 
Mm-hmm. It's totally my favorite because managers do this all the time. Leaders run from problems. So right. talk to us about that. Yeah, well, that's another part of, you know, what it means to be human and these instincts that we, when somebody, you know, we get into a conflict with somebody, especially in the workplace, it is like the thought of confronting the person and going up to the person and saying, especially if you're a, an employee and you're dealing with a leader, a manager or a supervisor, um, you know, going up to them, to, to the, the leaders and saying, look, you might not have been aware of it, but what you did the other day was really hurtful to me and I, I want to talk about it, right? Well, I, I introduced this idea to some people with whom I was working um, uh, several years ago when I first started out consulting in the corporate world, and I said to him, look, you, we've got this, uh, we, we have to stop avoiding these conflicts. We have to learn how to approach the person and talk and give them feedback and all this. And this one woman looked at me and said, Donna, are you crazy? That would be career suicide. <laughs> you know, she said, she said, I won't get that good performance review or, you know, the worst case, I might lose my job. But these are the fears that people have around confronting conflict. That's so, oh, thank you. I mean, those are great examples. And I hope every one of you listening today can see uh, the truth in this and for yourself as well as for others. And I just, I just think we don't understand these things. And uh, those are two things. You're gonna, you should go get her book simply because you need to look at all 10 and you really need to think reflectively about examples you've seen in your own life and others. And you're going to realize, wait a minute, this dignity thing is really intertwined into any successful leader. You either conquer these things and show up other people uh, that you believe in their true worth or you become uh, one of the trash heap of managers that failed and couldn't make it in the leadership world. Just have to throw that in, Donna. Well said. So one of the things that that I wanna talk about now is I I think sometimes people uh, are not self-aware enough. And so they violate people's dignity at work. And maybe they don't intend to do it, but if you don't mind, maybe talk about some of the ways we unintentionally uh, violate people at work. And, and more importantly, what do you see as the, the biggest example of where we do it? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I, I was thinking about this, um, this issue just, just before you mentioned it. So I think you read my mind. You knew what I wanted to talk about. Awesome. But the, the thing is, Steve, that you know, when I go into these organizations, whether it's a corporation or into you know, a hospital with health care or into universities, what I find is that the people who are in leadership positions who have really good intentions, right, they're really decent people, without an awareness of this dignity, what I call dignity consciousness, awareness of how you actually affect people, um, even good people like that will end up harming um, others just because they're not aware, just like you said. And so, so, for example, you know, I had this one wonderful manager I was working with at one point who was a real kind of a jokester. You know, he, mm-hmm. he really liked being a little bit sarcastic, and everybody, you know, knew him as somebody who liked to tell jokes. Well, oftentimes these jokes, fell flat on the people whom he was directing them toward, right? Everybody else was laughing but the person who he was, 
you know, kind of making fun of. But it was all done in such a playful manner that he didn't he didn't realize he did what didn't notice how that person was not laughing right he didn't notice that the the guy that was being um, you know sort of he was being sarcastic toward was withdrawing he was you know he felt miserable and then I interviewed this guy I interviewed the guy who was the the object of the attacks the the sar- sarcasm. And he said he'll never forgive this guy. And this is his manager he's talking about, right? Right. And I said, oh, no, this relationship is too important. You need to go and talk to him about this. And so, anyway, long story short, I, did, I was able to facilitate a discussion between those two. And the, the other uh, one, the simple story that I told in the book that always amazes me is this one wonderful woman who was a manager she was completely overwhelmed. She had so much on her plate, and she was, uh, she was supervising like maybe eight or ten people. And she would walk into the office every morning. You know, it was one of these big open spaces where everybody had their desks. Um, mm-hmm. She would walk into the front door, and, you know, she had a bunch of things she was carrying. Her mind was thinking about all the million things that she had to do. Um, that day, and she just walked straight by all her people, and she w- wouldn't even give them eye contact. And they came to me and said, look, you know, we don't think she cares about us. She doesn't even say hello in the morning, right? She doesn't even look at us and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, um, how was your evening? Or just simple little things, because people want to be acknowledged like that, right? I mean, everybody... Absolutely, they do. You know, I, I remember that story about the Oh, what was his name? Herb Kelleher, the Southwest uh, Airlines guy, who knew every single person's name in the in the company. He was the perfect dignity leader. He knew everybody's name. He knew their families, and so this guy knew that it mattered to people that there is some kind of contact like that, whether it's eye contact or a hello. I mean, that is just demonstrating that that you value people just by even remembering their name is a is a huge step. I totally agree, and those are tremendous examples. Thank you so much for sharing them. Uh, I want to ask you a couple of more things, but I know people are going to want to find out how they can connect with you, Donna. Uh, What's the best way for our listeners to connect with you and find out more about Leading with Dignity? Well, my website is probably the best um, best way to connect because um, I can. They can also contact me through my website, but I've got the two books are there and. Um, what I do, and and, and uh, just an elaboration of um, lots of these things we've talked about, and that's all lowercase. Dr. Uh, for Doctor Dr. Donna Hicks dot com. So that's um, that's, that's the way a really to do it. Way. Awesome. That's a very direct way. All yeah. right, that's awesome. Thank you, Donna, and uh, listeners. If for those of you that are exercising now, uh, be safe. We'll make sure to include a link directly to. Uh, Donna's website for you so you go look for it and you connect with her and for goodness sakes get your copy of this book it's going to help you tremendously now I want to do one other thing uh, Donna with regard to uh, the workplace culture I, I think we have a lot of people that are leading companies that listen and maybe they don't know that they've got a dignity problem in their uh, company uh, what would be a, uh, the, the things that they should look for to identify that, hey, maybe i got a problem and I need to address it? Well, there's two things that come to mind immediately, Steve. And 
the the first, which is, you know, because I'm a conflict resolution specialist, specializing in this looking for dignity, the dignity issues that are underlying conflict, that is always the first sign. If you have conflicts in your uh, organization and, you know, they're simmering and ongoing and, you know, maybe they ebb and flow, sometimes they get a little better, but conflict, the 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 existence of conflict is the very first, but you're going to be surprised about the second one. What's because the second one? Everybody is. Well, when you have a gossip problem. Ooh. Yes, a gossip problem. In fact, I did an intervention up here, a consultation up here in Boston with an organization who called me and said, Donna, we have this terrible gossip problem. Can you come in? And they asked me to come in because they had read my book and they saw the issue of gossip come up. So here's the link to gossip and, um, uh, and, and dignity. So what happens is, let's say you've got a culture, an organization, that where we talked about earlier, people don't confront each other when they, um, when they have you know, issues between them. Something happens in the relationship, but they're too afraid to confront so guess where the energy of those negative experiences, those dignity violations, guess where they go? Ooh. Gotta, into the gossip gotta network. Gotta be gossip. <laughs> it's, they go into the gossip network. So let's just say I violated your dignity at work and um, you weren't, didn't feel safe to speak up to me. Well, guess what? You would turn to your friend and co- trusted colleague and say, you're not going to believe what Donna did to me this time. And then she goes and she tells another person, and the other person goes. And, so the only person who doesn't know that I offended you, know, you is me. I'm the only person. Everybody else knows the story. And, and I swear to God, and people, there, there's a guy, I can't remember his name right now, but it's in my second book. There's a guy who wrote about gossip and saying it's the best form of punishment uh, imaginable because you don't have to expose yourself, you don't have to confront, and everybody has this negative story that they can tell about the person who is the perpetrator of the dignity violation, right? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Those two things. If you've got a good, healthy gossip network, a little bit too healthy, and you've got conflicts all around, then you need some dignity. You need some dignity work in your organization. That that's awesome, and I I hope all of us will really think about this and reflect about it because it's going to help us uh, to create great organizations whenever we uh, actually face these issues. Uh, Donna, uh, it's been a really great conversation, and here at Manager Mojo, before we end, I like to always ask uh, my guests to give us that one or two action items that you recommend that we, today, go do, take action on right away. What would be your top one or two action items that you recommend for us? So the two things that I would recommend, um, number one is, educating yourself about dignity, taking it seriously, uh, especially if you're in leadership, a leadership position, because um, the, the power that you gain, the strength that comes from treating people with dignity, the kind of, um, the, the way that people respond when they feel valued at work, when they feel like they're appreciated, when they feel seen and heard and listened to, I, uh, it's a, it, it's the, the most low-cost way of doing business as a, as a leader because people respond so positively. So I would simply say educate yourself, take dignity 
seriously try to understand the impact that you have on others and recognize that you have the power to make somebody feel really great or you have the power to diminish people. When What are you going to do as a leader? So the second thing that I want to point out to people is that when they do understand the impact of, of honoring people's dignity and you do understand how much power there is there, it completely changes your life and your relationships with, with others because people, uh, the, the relationships grow stronger and there is a joyfulness in our lives that, I mean, ever since I started studying this, I really feel like I'm, I'm so much lighter as a human being. I feel more joy. I feel more playful. I feel more loving toward others. And this is what I wanted to underscore here, that last point about feeling more loving. You know, we all want that. We all want to have loving relationships in our lives. And I can tell you that the, the fast track to, to showing somebody you love them or to experiencing love is by honoring others' dignity. It's really that simple. And so why not, I mean, why not maximize these two things, educating ourselves and just at the end of the day, getting better at loving. I love it. Uh, that's awesome. And what a, a great action items, uh, Donna, that's going to help us all. And I can think of no better thing, listeners, uh, than you to go buy Donna's book, Leading with Dignity. You're going to learn so much about yourself so much about your organization. I highly recommend it. I hope you'll go buy it. Donna, thank you so very much for your wisdom, your intelligence, and just sharing the joyful spirit that you have with all of us today. We really appreciate it. And we here at Manager Mojo wish you continued success with the book and in everything else in your life. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. This, is, this has been, has been um, a joyful experience.